Jesus House in Pursuit of God Discovering Purpose Maximizing Potential Impacting Lives This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London God bless you Father and my God, we come before you this morning and we ask, O Lord, that just as the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, ratified and made real, we pray today that, Father Almighty God, every fear, every apprehension is removed in its entirety because of you. We pray, my Father, today. That as we go into your word, that in your kindness and in your mercy, you lead us through your word, changing our lives, changing who we are and what we are. And we ask it in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And everybody said, Amen. And please say Amen wherever you are, somewhere on the couch, wherever you're watching us from. We're extremely appreciative of the fact that you are here. And ladies and gentlemen, on this particular morning, as we've come through an amazing Christmas season, and we really pray that you had a great Christmas, we come to the day after Christmas, and many times, the moment we come to the day after Christmas, our minds turn to the next, um, the next milestone, and the next milestone for many of us is a new year. But let me start like this, as the Holy Ghost has asked me, and I will take my scripture reading from Second Peter chapter 1. And so if you have your Bibles with you, and I really do encourage you today, please open up your Bible, whether that be on any electronic device, whether you have a paper Bible, or whether you're reading it from the screen, please follow along. But the first thing I want to settle is this. Let me define fear. And that's why Jesus' birth was so important. Let me define fear. And so you understand that fear is the one thing that's going to be removed by the time we finish, by God's special grace. Fear, ladies and gentlemen, is the belief that God will not do or be what he says he will do or be. The fear or apprehension, it is that God will not... That, that's what fear is. It is the belief that, you know what, God will not come through. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to settle something early. As we go into the Bible today, fear will be removed. The reason fear will be removed is because the truth of who God is and all that he has won on your behalf removes the fact or removes the possibility from our minds, our thoughts, and our consciousness that God will fail in any way, shape, or form. That's why this morning is really important. That's one of the beautiful things about Christmas. And so, ladies and gentlemen, as we turn our minds to the next season of our lives, the next season, the milestone that we're coming up to, let's read from the Bible and let's see what God says about it. And I will read from the second Peter one, and I'm going to read from verse one, and I will read to verse four initially. The Bible says the following, and I'm going to read from the King James version of the Bible. It's much, it's, um, if there's anything that's unclear, I will explain as we go along. 
Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Verse 4 whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And please pause there for a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, as we begin this journey into a new year, as we begin this journey into a new season, there's something I want you to realize, and it's this, that you have more going for you than you do going against you. Notice what the Bible said. For the first four verses, it said, this is what God has already made happen. And so when you're approaching a new season, as all of us are, I want you to realize you are not approaching it as one that is lacking. You are actually approaching it as one that has abundance and you are a victor in what you are about to approach. And that is where fear must fall down. Because God has already done on your behalf so much more than you can imagine. And so, yes, the seasons have turned. Yes, Christmas is effectively done. And yes, the agitating fears and concerns that you may have may be coming and saying, well, what you expected didn't show up. What you wanted didn't show up. The year is coming to an end. You are one year older. You're still where you thought you were where you wouldn't think you were at the beginning of the year, and it's beginning to wind down. Hear me well. God is faithful, and he hasn't failed you. You have more going for you than you can imagine. So, But to drive that home, before we actually dive into the meat of today, is this. Let's drive it home with an example. Christmas was slightly different for us as a family this year. Not for any negative reason. It was just that most of the presents were virtual. And so a lot of them were gift cards. And the gift cards come as emails. And that meant if we had left it like that, there will be nothing under the tree. And so my wife was very specific that, listen, everybody, find presents that we can wrap and place them under the tree so on Christmas Day we can unwrap something. And ladies and gentlemen, that drove something home to me, and this is what I want to focus on. Remember what I said. You have more going for you than you realize. And so I want you to think of a gift card. A gift card is purchased by somebody else from another retailer. The person who purchases it buys it on the strength of the retailer who provides it. Meaning, 
I give the retailer a certain amount of money. He gives me a card, a token, or sends you an email with a number on it that says, you can now spend a certain amount of money. The money leaves my account, yes, but I have nothing in my hands. You have an email. So whether you realized it or not, and this happened to me this Christmas, whether you realize it or not, you have become X amount of pounds, dollars, yen, or whatever particular currency, you've actually become richer. That means, and I'll, I'll, I'll stay away from what you can do with a gift card because that's the second part of our sermon, but you have effectively become richer. Nothing in your house has changed. Nothing you're wearing has changed. You woke up pretty much the same way, but you are richer and you may not know it. And this is what I want you to realize about what God just said in those four verses. He said, I've done things for you that it may look like things around you are exactly the same, but you've actually become richer. And so I'll drive that point home. So my birthday and Christmas are pretty close together. And so my daughter sent me a gift card on my birthday, but I have I usually get hundreds of emails, so I didn't realize that I got the gift card. So I was basically going along, along with life, thinking that, yeah, I had a wonderful birthday. My two, I, I mean, I, I didn't lack anything, but I didn't realize that my, the gift card from my daughter had arrived. That meant I didn't realize I could go to the retailer and spend that amount of money. I walked around as normal, walking all the way up to Christmas. I didn't realize. So Christmas evening comes, and my daughter says, well, by the way, Daddy, did you get my gift card that I sent you for your birthday? I said, what gift card? And so I then began to go through my emails, and then she did something that I want you to remember. And this is where I want to drive it home. She took out her phone, and she said, here's the receipt. That changed my search, because now I had visible proof that the gift card existed. So I began to go through my emails with a lot of focus found the email that was sent, and I said, oh, thank you very much, my darling. At that point in time, I realized I have just become X amount of pounds richer in a particular retailer. Listen to me very carefully. The promises of God that have been granted to you cannot be stopped and they cannot be changed. They're already paid for. And so I want you to begin to realize, as you face the next season of your life, I want you to realize that the promises of God have put you in a position that puts you at great advantage. It may not look like that it has happened, but it is a reality. And this is what I want you to understand this morning. The Bible says, by those promises, you step into the realm of the person that made the promise happen. That means my daughter gave a retailer a certain amount of money. I take the gift card to the retailer and I can spend that amount of money that I did not work for. But I have been given that amount of money. So ladies and gentlemen, what am I saying? I want to nail this home really quickly. This is teaching material, but I want to drive this home because God wants to say something else. Hear me well. 
There is no situation or circumstance that you are facing that a promise of God has not covered in the positive. Hear me well. That means, ladies and gentlemen, wheresoever you are across the world, wheresoever you are at home, listen, you have in your hands a pre-approved prayer request, a pre-paid. Now, I know this may sound facetious, but a promise is a pre-approved prayer request. That means whatsoever season you are about to face, you are already a victor, but like me, after my birthday, you may not realize it. And if you do not realize it, you cannot use it. And so, ladies and gentlemen, let me read 2 Peter 1 verse 3 as we come to the bridge. Please hear me well. Whatsoever happens next, you are a victor. Because God did not lose in Jesus Christ. Whatsoever happens next, God's word stands firm. You may not look like a success, but wait till it shows up. It won't take you long to flip. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Peter 1, and I'm going to read from verse 3. And I'm going to read verse 3 again for you. And I'm going to read it from the Amplified Bible. And the Bible says this. For his divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited to life and godliness through the full and full personal knowledge of him who has called us by and to his own glory and excellence. Meaning, ladies and gentlemen, when God made you a promise that everything was going to be all right, when God made you a promise that you will heal, when God made you a promise that you will prosper, when God made you a promise that the storm won't wipe you out, he was doing it at his expense, not yours. And I want you to please keep this in mind at Christmas. Because when he gave you Jesus Christ, he gave you everything else. And so this is the first part of you confronting tomorrow, it's this. You are not confronting tomorrow as a victim. You are confronting tomorrow as a victor. A victim is a person who cannot change their circumstances. Who by no fault of their own or by virtue of circumstance or situation, they find themselves in an oppressive situation and they can't make a change. You are not that person. Because God's promises have made sure that whatsoever comes in the next few days, you are confronting it as a victor because God has made it possible at his expense. And so, ladies and gentlemen, the first thing I want you to realize today is this. Please keep this in mind. That God has already done his part. And so, why did I say that? I said that, ladies and gentlemen, because... Over the next few days, you are going to hear from this pulpit, many other pulpits, in your Bible study time, through words, through some of the plethora of messages you may get leading up to the new year, promises, words, or assurances that things will be different. And I want you to realize God wants you to hold on to them because truly tomorrow 
is going to be all right. And so we come to the second part. And so please come with me, and I will read from 2 Peter 1, verse 5. And I will read down to verse 11. And the reason I'm doing that is this. No matter what you hear next, over the next few weeks, no matter what is promised, no matter what is said, I want you to accept those things with the confidence that they are backed by the faithfulness, the ability, and person of God. But you have a part to play. And this is what I want you to hold on to. And I'll read from 2 Peter 1 verse 5. The Bible says the following. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. And this hit me like a brick. God has given you a promise. But there are actions that you can take to activate those promises that will change what happens in the next season of your life. <sighs> Two things. I'm going to pause for a moment because the Holy Spirit wants to speak to somebody in particular. I don't know whether you're in the worship center or whether you are in um, internet land. And he says this. Time. God does not exist in time. Time serves God. Now I'm saying this deliberately because there's somebody out there with a very strong fear. And the fear is, Pastor, you're speaking wonderfully, but time's flying by. And I'm quote-unquote getting older, or whatever the case may be. Or I'm coming closer to a deadline, I'm coming closer to a challenge. I'm coming closer to a situation that is now difficult. And this is what the Lord says is this. Time serves God. And what God is saying is, please remember... Whether it is 2021 or 2051, God is still God. Hebrews 13 verse 8 says that Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, and forever. But this is what the Lord wants you to remember. And I'm speaking to somebody. I've deliberately paused. I'll go to my close in a minute, but I've deliberately paused. I'm speaking to someone, and this is what God wants you to remember. Notice. God is an expert at creating out-of-season miracles. And so I want you to understand, throughout the Bible, God has a speciality. And it is that I will show up when all hope is lost. And so ladies and gentlemen, whosoever you may be, God wants you to pick up your hope again. Why? Because time is not God's problem. It's his servant. 
It is not a challenge for God to make happen what he promised. Whether or not the time is real or not. Someone needs to know that. And, and there are three examples he wants you to remember. Abraham's example, you'll find that in Genesis chapter 21, reading from verses 1 to 2, that God shows up to Abraham at 100, and the Bible says when all hope was lost concerning children, God made sure that he had a child. The Bible also says in the book of Ruth, when you look at the book of Ruth, reading from chapter 4, you realize that God caused her dreams, hopes, and aspirations to show up when her season had passed. And when you look also, ladies and gentlemen, at the other side of Christmas, which is the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Bible says on the third day, no one had done it before. On the third day, Jesus Christ comes back from the dead and steps into his season. Someone needs to hear me. And I know I've, I've been paused for a reason. Do not be afraid that is going to tick from 2021 to 2022. The God you serve is above time itself. It is a matter of power. I can go to my clothes now. I can go to my clothes. And ladies and gentlemen, this is how I'm going to close. You will notice in 2 Peter 1, reading from verses 5 down to verse 8, that everything listed is a choice. Meaning, within your reach are the triggers of the promises that God has made possible. And we'll run through a few. The first one, the Bible says, is beside this giving all diligence. Diligence means doing the right thing at the right time. It's a choice. Ladies and gentlemen, giving all diligence, that means you're going to have to literally make some sort of sacrifice of time, effort, or resources to make sure you do what God wants you to do. And God will reward you for it. The Bible also then goes on. I, I, I want to go through the scripture, but I, I haven't been asked to do so. I want you to notice, this is the one thing God wants you to take away. It's this. Diligence is a choice. Faith is a choice. And the Bible says faith is the belief that God is who he says he is. He can do what he says he can do, and he will do it on your behalf, and he's willing to do it on your behalf. Hebrews 11 verse 6 drives that home. But I want you to keep in mind that faith is a choice. I have to choose to believe that God is true. And let's go back to my gift card example. You do realize the gift card is useless if I don't take it to the retailer. If I don't believe that the gift card I've been given is genuine, then I'm going to keep it as rich as I may be, but I'll never use it. Hear me well. Faith is always a choice. But do not panic because God is about to help you make choices. <laughs> I'm hearing the Holy Spirit say many things in Scripture, but the Bible says God will cause you to will and to do of his good pleasure. 
Philippians chapter 2, reading from verse 12. And this is what I want you to remember, ladies and gentlemen. Please keep this in mind. God is out to help you. The one thing he wants you to remember is everything he's listed is a choice. That means he's on your side to make it happen. Let's go to the word virtue. Virtue, ladies and gentlemen, is an old English word. And the old English word of virtue, it simply means, and the old English direct translation, it means manliness. Whereby it was drawn from a time when men fought for their families, their homes, and their nations. And only men. And so when the Bible says manliness, the word means, or the, in, the meaning within it, it means courage or toughness. So I want you to understand, God wants you to confront tomorrow, the tomorrow that is being presented to you, the tomorrow that is standing in front of you with courage. It means trusting, be reassured that you are not confronting tomorrow alone. It brings courage. Think about it. Courage, ladies and gentlemen, is something is whereby you are confident to confront whatever is in front of you for one reason or another, many times because you know who's behind you. And ladies and gentlemen, this is what the Bible says. The Bible says, add to your faith virtue. Virtue means courage. And this means this. Please hold on to this. Tomorrow may look scary, but God's not bothered. And I want you to hold on to that fact that God is on your side. You can write this scripture down. You don't need to turn to it. Psalm chapter 34, reading from verse 7. The Bible says the angel of the Lord encamps around the righteous. And the Bible says he delivers him out of all his troubles. So will it be with you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's keep going. The Bible then says knowledge. Knowledge or the... Greek word is genosko. That means current or accurate scientific information. Knowledge is a choice because you have to go and find out. Find out. And the best way to find out is read your Bible. Because if God has done it before, the Bible says he will happily do it for you. Knowledge is a choice. Temperance or patience. Temperance, that means you don't... Even though you have the ability to go to excess, you choose not to. To be temperate, to be stable, not up and down. And temperance, ladies and gentlemen, when you think about it, it's that ability to be steady under pressure. And many times it's because of what you know that other people don't know. And the gods you serve has said that even if the mountains are removed and the seas flood everywhere, I'm still here. And for that reason, you can be temperate. That means you don't need to panic, neither do you need to be anxious, because God is on your side. Let me run through the others really quickly. And, I'll and the Bible says the following. And to temperance, patience. Patience is very interesting. Patience is the choice to stay with what you've decided because of the, of the integrity of the person that asked you to stand there. Think about it. If you get an email, you're traveling to your dream holiday, 
For some of you, that might be your dream honeymoon. Say amen wherever you are. That might be your dream job. That might be something special. You have to take a flight or a train. And you get an email. And it says your flight is delayed for two hours. And you realize that the email is genuine. The person in front of you did not get the email or didn't read it. And he starts panicking. And he begins to run around looking for somebody. When's the flight coming? It's not coming. I should have been on the plane by now. I should have been here. And they begin to panic like crazy. They begin to run left. Who's the manager? Why aren't, I? Why aren't they putting me on the plane? I've got things to do. They're panicking left, right, and center. Listen carefully. Why don't you panic? Because of who you know and what you know. Patience is a choice. But it's not just a choice to grit your teeth. It is a choice to trust the one who said to stand where you stand. That on my integrity, I said stand. And that's what patience is. You can be confident and hopeful because God is not in the business of failing and he will not fail you. The Bible then says godliness. To reproduce in word, thought, or actions, the behaviors of your God. Why? Think about it. God says of himself, I do not fail. God says of himself, I will keep you. God says of himself, I've planned your future. God says of himself that it doesn't matter what happens around you. What I say concerning you will stand. So how, why, how can I be godly? I can be godly because God's got my back. You say, how about pastor, how do you know? The Bible tells me, Matthew chapter 6 verse 8, that before I come to the place of prayer, my father knows and has met my needs. So when I am godly to somebody else, I'm not losing out because the person who takes care of me has said, I've got this. So I can ensure the person in my office can be promoted and realizing there's more than enough sky for me. <laughs> I'm speaking to someone. Ah, okay, let's wrap it up, ladies and gentlemen. Let's bring it home. And the Bible says, brotherly kindness is a choice. Be kind to somebody else. Kindness is always a choice. But it's a choice that's within your reach. Always a choice. It's within your reach. Being kind to somebody else, which has great impact. The last thing that God says, the last choice, is charity. Translated love. And love, ladies and gentlemen is when you provide God's good to another in a sacrificial manner, in a way that they may receive it. Why did I end there? And why did I say that's the last thing he wants you to focus on? Think about the reason for this season, Jesus Christ. Jesus could have come to earth in a spectacular way, fully grown, fully glorious, 
bang, everybody would have paid attention. But God realized that because of what I want to achieve and because of what, who I want to send him to, I will choose the expensive method. So I will send him as a baby and let him grow up to be a man. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me well. The Bible says of love that it never fails. It's the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, reading from verse 8. The Bible says love never fails. And so ladies and gentlemen, when you in the next season, no matter what he said, no matter what the headlines are, no matter what the banner is, when you choose to do these things, the Bible says, no matter what tomorrow looks like, you will not fail. And so ladies and gentlemen, on the day after Christmas, why is it that we focused on the removal of fear? And for this reason only. Because God said, I'm here now. That means the one thing you need to remember is that I will keep my word. And ladies and gentlemen, to drive that home as we come to the end of the service, to the end of the sermon, not the service, is this. One of the greatest fears we have is what will happen to us tomorrow? What will happen to us when we pass? What will happen to us in the days we don't know? And Jesus Christ says, I'm with you. I have overcome all that you can be afraid of. And I've come back to get you. And ladies and gentlemen, that is why if you're listening to me now and you want to overcome fear once and for all, Jesus said, ask me to come in. Let that be the first choice of your new season and I'll make all the difference. I'll help you through the tomorrow you don't know. I'll take the burdens you cannot carry. I will fix the things that you cannot fix. And I will cause you to become the person that your circumstances may have hidden through challenges and pain. I know that to be true because when I gave my life to Christ about 35 years ago, that's what happened. And so wherever you are, ladies and gentlemen, if you want Jesus to come into your life, I just want you to pray a very simple prayer. And I want you to say, dear Jesus, here I am. I acknowledge I've made mistakes. I've acknowledged that I am a sinner and I ask you to forgive me. But most of all, Jesus, I want you to come into my life and be Lord of my life. To be with me whatever tomorrow holds. Amen. And the rest, he will make happen. Ladies and gentlemen, 
as we began, let us end in prayer. And Father, I pray that every promise, every hope and every aspiration that you've placed in the life of your people, wheresoever they may be, all across the world, cause them to come to pass simply because you are present. We ask, O oh Lord, that you are kind to each and every person, and we ask it in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Ladies and gentlemen, Merry Christmas, and God bless you.